Hello and welcome to the Soul Yes podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Maria. I'm a transformational coach and business mentor, and I'm here to remind you that you can live a soul aligned life and achieve your goals. If you're ready to create a life by design, unlock your infinite potential, and step into an aligned adventure, then you're in the right place. The Soul Yes podcast will help you up-level your reality, take those leaps, and live a life that feels like a full body soul yes. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Soul Yes podcast. Today I'm going to be interviewing Madeline Shaw, which I am so buzzing about. Madeline Shaw is a leading voice on the wellness scene, a nutritional therapist, best-selling author, qualified yoga instructor, and a mother of one. Over the last seven years, she has transformed a simple food blog into a wellness community with over 700,000 fans across multimedia platforms, where she helps her people get the glow by taking a balanced and holistic approach to their health. She also hosts her podcast, Get Your Glow Back, and she co-founded the Happy Gut Guide, which is an online program for those suffering with IBS. I cannot tell you how much of a fangirl moment it was getting to interview her. Madeline Shaw's have been an absolute staple in my kitchen for years. And even when I told Jake, my husband, that I was interviewing her, he couldn't believe it. Like even Jake is a massive Madeline Shaw fan. He learned very early on in our relationship that if he wanted to make dinner and like earn some brownie points, that if he made something from the Madeline Shaw book, I was guaranteed to be so happy. Honestly, like I can't sing her praises enough. I sound like such a fun girl right now, but genuinely, all the recipes she makes are so, so, so delicious, but they all include these beautiful, wholesome ingredients. So they actually leave you feeling good afterwards as well. Madeline was such a joy to interview and I'm so grateful for her for being on this podcast. Make sure to share a screenshot of yourself listening to today's episode, episode, or episode, and share your biggest takeaway tagging me in at I am Alexandria Maria. And if you're not already, make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss an episode. Without further ado, here is Madeline. I am so excited for today's guest. I've just been saying I'm basically her super fan. Her books are in my kitchen all the time. So thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I was actually like, how creepy can I get? Because I was like, I was going to start listing our favorite recipes. Like even when, even when I told my husband, Jake, you were joining me on the podcast, he was like, that's really cool. I was like, I know, babes, I'm, I'm happy about this. <laughs> So I always start with asking my guests, what are you grateful for today? I am very grateful for my health. I'm very grateful for my bed. (laughs) I am very grateful for having some time off over Christmas to spend time with my family. So yeah, feeling very grateful. So beautiful and so nice to hear as well that you're having that as kind of like downtime I'm interested actually because I know this year Christmas is slightly different how are you feeling about it because I've heard from a lot of people actually they're feeling more relaxed about it because it's going to be smaller yeah I think so I think we're staying in London um, but my partner's family up north yeah I guess we're not kind of doing as much traveling where you kind of especially when you have a child and you've got to see all the different grandparents and you know feel like you're kind of moving around a lot so I yeah I feel like I'm feeling kind of 
like there's less pressure and yeah I'm feeling kind of I don't know excited to just yeah be at home not kind of be living out of a suitcase for a long period of time my son is three so I feel like I'm excited for the magic of Christmas it feels like it's coming alive at the moment kids literally make Christmas the best I totally hear you on that suitcase thing as well like me and my husband normally end up doing this wild dash up and down the country like staying just beyond 24 hours like living out of a suitcase like you say and I always feel pretty exhausted by the end so I totally get it when people are just like it's quite nice to just stay in one place and relax and and enjoy it a hundred percent so I really want to ask you this is all about like what your soul yeses are being in and out of alignment what is a soul yes to you a soul yes to me is having like maybe like an epiphany or or a strong feeling about a particular area of life like maybe I can explain it best by giving you an example so probably like when I started my career and like I was kind of figure out what I was going to do and I think one word that really shone out for me was freedom and I was like I want a job that gives me freedom and I I guess that was like a soul yes to me I was like okay I'm going to go down the path of like having freedom with my job which means working for myself you know doing it from wherever like if I want to take a day off I can if I want to work the weekend I can and I guess that for me was like a real soul yes so where kind of a particular feeling or a word or a thought or emotion kind of aligns with something in your life and it just feels right and it flows well I love that and I think so important like tapping into that feeling element because I'm with you I really think like a soul yes is like a a full body feeling it's not just kind of like a thought that like oh this is a soul yes it's yeah it's really getting into that sensation and um I love that you said as well that freedom was one of your guiding words because that is a hundred percent one of mine so you obviously had this, you gave this example of having this kind of like moment or this epiphany about your career. Could you just tell us a little bit about what that looked like previously? Were you, was it like very clear from the start that this was your guiding principle and this is where you therefore wanted to take your career? Or were you kind of living a life out of alignment previously? I don't know. I've never like really reflected on that. I think it's hard, right? Being at school and, you know, figuring yourself out. But I think I never like excelled in anything at school. I was good at making friends and good at smiling. I didn't have like a specific hobby or a subject that I like loved and excelled in. I have two parents who have got amazing careers that they both decided when they were kind of 14, 16, they were going to be and they did and still are and still love their job. So I always had this like, belief that you know get a job that you love you know you'll be happy every day and I think that was a really amazing message my parents without even on purpose taught me they just taught me by doing so I was constantly like toing and froing you know from investment banking because I did one of those school tests and they told me that I would um, be good at that and oh my god I did that as well I used to go on those school tests and be like what should I do like and this is so bad as well but like sometimes they'd like tell me my earnings capacity and I was like not sure that's going to do actually but I never got the investment banking one so maybe I would have followed that one I got yeah I got actress so risk analysis or investment banker so I was like this is what I'm going to be so yeah toed and froed like did lots of internships and then I moved to Australia when I was 18. My parents are from New Zealand, so I've got that kind of down under connection. 
And I went there on my gap year after school and just fell in love with that. I was meant to go to Newcastle University, fell in love with Sydney, applied, got in. And it it just, it was, it was kind of like a soul yes, I guess. I was just like, I'm meant to be here. Like, I couldn't explain it. I was just like, I belong in this country and like, I have to be here. And like, luckily, Sydney Uni accepted me, like I found somewhere to live, like everything just fell like genuinely so easily for for me. I mean, I can't believe, yeah, I was 18 kind of moving across the other side of the world by myself, but it all worked out. And in university in Australia, it's a lot of people live at home. So it's quite different. In the UK, I feel like everyone moves out, right? They kind of move out of home, go live in halls. But lots of people live at home if their family are from kind of the city that they go to union. And everyone works and everyone has a job. That was amazing because it really got me working and trying out lots of different jobs from interior design to dog walking to waitressing. I ended up basically eating in this cafe so much that they gave me a job. (laughs) That's kind of how I started my cooking experience. I had really bad IBS at the time and was kind of trying to figure out what was causing it and was starting to connect with what I eat, how that affected my digestive system. So yeah, I just got really interested in nutrition and lifestyle change and started doing yoga regularly. So I was, what, 20, 21, 22 at this point. And yeah, it completely changed my life. And I kind of knew in that moment when I was in the cafe, I was like, this is going to be my career. I have no idea, like not even a single idea of how I'm going to kind of make it happen or make money from it. But I was like, I have to do something within this. And I guess it was the beginning of food blogs and, you know, Instagram and all these sorts of things. And yeah, I just kind of jumped on board and moved back home. Yeah, I guess now what eight years, eight, eight and a bit years later, I'm still, still going. <laughs> I did not know that you went to USID, by the way. So really strangely, I went to USID to do my master's after uni in the UK. So I did not know that about you. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. But I totally, I actually found it like quite an adjustment to be honest, because at uni I'd had like a really like big social life and a big group and we were kind of like this big family. And I actually really struggled mentally when I got to Sydney just because it was so different. Like everyone was kind of like living at home. There wasn't like halls or that kind of like that kind of like commute the same kind of community feel it was almost like I felt like the community being kind of like built already so yeah that's super interesting in terms of you know when you say like I didn't know what I was doing I love that as well because I think that's like a real soul yes I don't think soul yeses are necessarily like you get this idea of where you should move forward or something happens and you know the whole plan and the whole route to get there was there any like fear that that kind of came in with that or did you just kind of was the vision bigger than any fear that you were feeling yeah do you know I didn't have any fear probably because I was really young and like what have you got to lose at that point I was kind of like in that transition period where like I was young I was finishing uni you know I I feel like I didn't have any fear because it didn't feel like I had anything to lose. I wasn't taking a step back from a big job or, you know, didn't have a mortgage to pay or anything like that. So I didn't have any fear. And I think I just, in my gut, my intuition was just like so strong about it. I was like, I've got to do this and I've got to spread this message. And like, it just felt so true for me that I think that just carried me through. And I think there was this excitement, especially when I moved back to London of like, 
I'd learned so much from Australia and it felt a lot further ahead and then bringing that you know back with me and I don't know I I feel like I can't really remember much fear getting in the way I feel like I was probably a bit over (laughs) overconfident I remember like contacting magazines and like them just not getting back to me me being like how can you not be interested in this subject this is the most interesting thing you could ever write about like genuinely like I didn't get like knocked down I was like they're idiots (laughs) like why are they not like putting this and obviously as time went on you know media really did catch on and they really were interested in it but like I remember just having this like total tunnel vision of it you know I worked and I worked and I worked I worked all the time for the first few years and I definitely work a lot less than I used to but I just think I just was channeling it at the time you know I really really love that mindset of that kind of I think actually some naivety and some just kind of like like you said like tunnel vision I actually think it serve you so well in your business I actually feel like Similarly, I ran a health food company before this and I had like, it was basically a chia seed jam. I had never made jam before in my life. And I was like, right, I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to do it. And I honestly think like my naivety and just like my tunnel vision, like you said, was the best thing that carried me through because I was just like, even when I got knocked down, I was like, nope, I'm back. I'm here. I'm good to go. Like, yeah, so I think I think more tunnel vision in the early days of starting a business can be super helpful. Is there any kind of anything that you wish you'd known back then as well that kind of could have made that journey easier for you? Or do you feel like it was pretty in flow actually? <laughs> Loads. Oh my God. I've made so many you could call them mistakes, you could call them learnings along the way. Oh my God, so many. And I do sometimes think back and I go, God, I wish, you know, if I had not done this and I'd done that. And you, I feel like we can all nitpick that about our lives, can't we? But then I wouldn't be where I am right now. So I feel like, and and you grow and you learn from all these kind of hiccups. So probably a lot of the mistakes that I, I've made or things that I did that probably I wouldn't do were I employed too many people. So I made myself bigger than I was and then I lost so just before I gave birth, I had a team, kind of three people full time, then a few people kind of part time and an office. And because of that, I had no role in it because I had someone cooking. I had someone doing social media. I had, and then I just had nothing there. And then I completely restructured. And I only have one girl who works for me now. And I think that was something that, you know, I had to learn through. There's an expensive mistake <laughs> and, a, you know, something to learn that actually a huge part of it is for me to get my hands stuck in, be creating the recipes, be creating the content, be really involved in the creative. And and without that, really, there was no passion. I'm not interested in managing people. That's not what I ever came to do. That was one. But yeah, lots of little things of, yeah, where to invest time, what to focus more on. But you know what, like, no one could predict the way life turned out. And, you know, you just got to keep growing and learning and, you know, reflecting and trying to get like nuggets of wisdom out of it. That's what I'm always trying to do. It's like, what did I learn from that? And, you know, I think if you can think in that mindset rather than like shoulda, woulda, coulda, I think that's like that growth mindset, isn't it? Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think it's so helpful and and it kind of it helps you really inform the way that you move forward from something rather than I guess like again like we said instead of getting knocked down and just kind of staying stuck and seeing the challenges as too big it actually can help guide 
the the future in a really positive way and I'm really interested as well because obviously you're a, a gorgeous mama as well how did motherhood kind of or did it impact your business or your way of seeing your business your kind of role within that as well I think it's made me very efficient because I have to be because you're kind of juggling two jobs so it's made me much more efficient it's made me yeah probably procrastinate less It's given me more purpose because it feels like I'm not just doing it for myself. It's definitely made me much more conscious of the environment and the planet just because I'm, you know, not just thinking about my time frame on this planet. I'm thinking about his. And yeah, I think it's made me more patient and more open and... I don't know. I, I think it's changed me in so many different ways and and almost constantly is every day. But yeah, I just love him so much. And every time he gets older, I'm like, this is the best age. And I'm like, this is the best age. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really, it's really great. And and something we were talking about before that came to me was I think, you know, something that I've learned a lot is how do you define success? And I think it's it's such an interesting one. It's something I feel like we all have to come back to and evaluate. But I think I always thought big team, big, you know, big projects. And lots of people have always said to me, why haven't you made products? Or why haven't you, you know, done this or restaurants, all this stuff or got bigger and bigger. But actually, I've almost got smaller and smaller as time's gone on and my operations and, and the kind of projects that I do. But it's probably because I have these two jobs. I want to be a present mother and because of that, it just means I have to work less. So like something's got to give. That doesn't mean that I'm not dedicated to my work or I don't love my work as much. It just means that I've got to prioritise and I've got to kind of decide what's right. And I think success for me is like being able to work in a job that I love, but I can manage it around being a mum. And like, that's probably like the line for me. And I think that's been an amazing realisation for me to be like, oh, you know, success can look very different because I think Sometimes we think got to be this badass like girl boss who's kind of like rocking in like a two, what's it called? A two two piece suit and, you know, like that's the look, right? And that's kind of what's been like pushed upon us new kind of women who are doing our own thing. And I think it's amazing. But like, I think for me, it's just maybe a bit kind of softer. So yeah, I think that's been a real like great realisation that's taken me time. But like, I've kind of feel much more calm and at ease with my like flow of life that's so beautiful I can actually hear it in your voice as well like in your energy like it feels like you're in that calm flowing place and I feel like you read my mind because one of the questions that I ask guests on here is about like you know how has their definition of success changed and what has been really actually encouraging from all the the women that I've interviewed so far and all incredible wonderful successful women like yourself is that actually it isn't that definition of success that like you say we have pushed on us or that image of just kind of like being the girl boss actually it's quite often scaling things down it's quite often you know working out what are the things that really set you alight like you know you were saying within your team as well finding those those roles and those tasks that suited you and and actually being present in life and being able to do those things that that make us human as well. I think, you know, it's it's one of the most natural things to be a mother and to be present in that relationship and, and in that nurturing role. So I think it's really beautiful that that you shared that with us. Yeah. And, you know, I'm incredibly lucky to be able to have that flexibility. I know not everyone 
does but maybe one positive with what's come up from this year is that work is going to be slightly more flexible people are able to work from home more and and can have that kind of work-life balance a bit better hopefully yeah completely yeah that's something that I'm definitely hoping partially stays in place so people at least have like like you say like the option or the freedom or the flexibility so we've spoken a lot about like how you've been living in your soul yes and alignment I'd love to know is there anything that you do as kind of like a, a daily practice to keep you in alignment Yes, I do. I pretty much most mornings, it's not always got a specific time. Sometimes I have a a human alarm clock, but I'll always meditate every day. I did my transcendental meditation course over four years ago now. So that's the mantra based meditation for 20 minutes where you repeat your mantra. So I do that in the morning. And then after that, I do some affirmations about lots of things from like money flows effortlessly into my account or something about my relationship or something about my work or you know anything from all different areas of my life and then I visualize as well so we're hopefully buying this house at the moment so I'll visualize seeing the keys or like I'll you know visualize even just my day and it might be like the most basic day, but I'll be like, I, you know, I'd really like to show up here or I'd like to do this or, you know, I'd like to cook a really nice dinner tonight. It could be like really basic to the, you know, the really big things like the house to the what's for lunch kind of more kind of small things. And then movement. I do try and go to yoga maybe three times a week. For yoga for me is like movement, but also kind of soul nourishment, you know, whether it's an hour or 45 minutes, however long it is kind of on the mat and I really love that gyms and places have been back open because I I much prefer doing it in person I just like that atmosphere and that feeling what else do I do and then sleep you know sleep has to be a big priority so I really try and wind down before I go to bed I've been really into Sudoku at the moment I love that such a throwback I feel like it's quite old school like it's I feel like it came into its own like a long time ago and like it's not really talked about so much anymore but I yeah I love a Sudoku sometimes I'll do two before I go to bed it's probably because I don't have a good book at the moment and I, I was reading a lot of quite like heavy like therapy books it's by Brian Katie and it's called Loving What Is and it's all about her work and it it's amazing but it's like quite intense and you've really got to like go deep in these things and sometimes just before we go to bed that's not what you want to do but I have ordered a new book so I can kind of to and fro but yeah try and wind down before I go to sleep and I read or do my Sudoku by candlelight so I kind of reduce the blue lights and that's always really nice it feels quite like special and then other than that those are probably like the the things that I'm like these have got to be in and then I guess throughout the day it's just choosing kind thoughts and you know looking after myself by eating well and drinking lots of water that I kind of try that doesn't probably doesn't sound very little but I try and keep it quite you know simple those are the things that I found really work for me so I just kind of keep them consistent I really love that idea of the candlelight I think that sounds so peaceful and beautiful like you say kind of reducing all those artificial lights I was also giggling when you were saying about the book thing because I have exactly the same thing like I love reading like a personal development or like a spiritual book 
but last thing at night it gets my brain whirring too much or like you say it's just like a bit too heavy so I always have like a kind of very casual book on the side and I don't think people always expect that I think if people think if you're in kind of like personal development world or the wellness world like it's kind of like you know you're kind of switched on 24 7 so I think it's really nice that you shared that actually no you know having something to just wind down to is quite nice Mm. I've had to do that with my podcast actually get a lot of like easy listen nothing to do with health and wellness podcasts because I love re- like listening to them and I love like tapping in but then I'm like this is what I'm doing 24 seven because for a lot of people it's like an hour or you know they might consume two say two hours or something but like you know when you're doing it like eight hours of the day I yeah I'm quite into kind of like chatty quite relaxed sort of things <laughs> What's your favourite non kind of then like wellness or personal development based podcast? Well, I've just got onto this new one called Shameless and it's Ooh. these two Aussies and they kind of talk about sort of like current affairs, like what's in the news, but also a lot of like, I don't want to say trashy because that's the wrong kind of the way of describing it, but like sort of celebrity things. And I'm not at all into celebrity gossip, but I just feel like they're really lovely girls. And I just really, really got into listening to them and they interview some really amazing guests and they seem, yeah, they just seem to always have something like fun to listen into. And then I love The Guilty Feminist as well, which is like kind of 50% comedy and then 50% you know around a specific topic or really incredible inspiring guest who talks about subjects that like naturally I wouldn't be that informed in and I feel like I've learned so much from it in an area that like I don't often put enough time into like I probably put a lot of time into yeah the sort of self-development world but probably not as much time into kind of I don't know more political current affairs type of things and it's made yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoy listening to both of them. I also try and not listen to things as well. I try and have like a moment of time where like I'm walking and I'm not listening to things or I'm at home not because I'm conscious that I will be like listening to a podcast by a cook or, you know, constantly consuming, consuming, consuming. And I think sometimes you do also need a bit of stillness as well. A hundred percent. I'm really guilty of that, actually. Like I'm always like listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something like that. And I have recently become more aware of it and like you say just actually having some time with with silence I'm also very excited by those podcast recommendations because I'm going to give those a listen I was like thinking what what my kind of like switch off ones were and I was going to say table manners like I'm obsessed with but I don't know because you're cooking so much I don't know whether maybe that's not as much of a switch off having other people talk about food and cooking and things like that Are you ready to create wild abundance, scaling to six figures and beyond? Are you ready to move out of that startup energy and embody the CEO of your life and business? Do you want to be the go-to expert in your industry? And do you want to unite with your sisters, a network of women embodying soulful success? And most importantly, are you ready to expand your life and business beyond your wildest dreams and create a reality even better than your vision and board? Well, this is your time because the expansion is here. 
The Expansion Mastermind is a six-month intimate container for ambitious female entrepreneurs ready to expand their impact and abundance whilst embodying harmony in their life. It truly is a mastermind for your business as well as your mind, body, and soul. This is going to be application only, so if you are ready to expand, then drop me a DM with the word expand at I am Alexandria Maria for more details. I can't wait to help you all expand with me. In terms of going back to kind of like the more kind of inspiration side, in your journey, have there been any kind of uh, books or mentors that have really been the people or the thing that has created a real shift or a real transition for you? Yeah, I think lots of people have inspired me and helped me I was thinking actually back to the other day when I lived in Australia and I first kind of was thinking about you know starting up a food blogging and and doing what I do now and I remember picking up this book of this amazing Australian chef who I think her book I can't remember what her book was called but she kind of went under Lee Supercharged Lee Holmes (gasps) I love Lee Holmes she's amazing she is amazing and remember it was her first book and it came out eight years or so ago and I remember reading it and going oh I would love to write a book but she's written all the recipes and genuinely limiting myself to thinking that in this book she had done all the recipes. Like I was generally like, I'd like to write a book, but she's done it. Like this is it. This is the complete Bible of this is all you need to live by. And I and I remember going, oh my God, I can't believe I genuinely believe that. Like in my heart, I was like, she's done it. She's completed health in this one book. And you know, she's gone on to do so many. I mean, I don't know many people who have done as many books as her, but I've actually met her and, you know, she's incredibly inspiring and has been incredibly inspiring for me over my career. So she would definitely be one. And that's also hopefully a lesson to everyone that not to believe those limiting beliefs that you put on yourself. You know, I'm laughing, but like that is the kind of thing that I've had kick in before where I'm like, nope, it's done. Like, this is it. This is the Bible. We're done. I know. It's hilarious, isn't it? Like, and it's amazing how strong the mind is and, you know, how your mind can think a thought and you just, you've like tied a little bow on it you're like it's done (laughs) so Sarah Wilson as well was also a really inspiring Australian blogger who you know really started up the kind of bear it all like open up about yourself style of blogging I mean I'm sure there were other people that were doing it but in my eyes she was the first person who you know talked about her anxiety and talked about these like incredibly revealing subjects that like I'd never seen many people write about it ever so those two were really inspiring Australians and then lots of people like my mum's been a big big inspiration for me she is a physio and runs her own business and you know she's been amazing that you know just kind of seeing her work and like I feel like she's given me lots of really good beliefs and structures around money and finances and stuff that have been really helpful. And then my manager, who's been my manager from the very beginning for my whole career, Alice, she's just been, yeah, like someone who's seen the potential in me and helped me and guides me all the time. And yeah. I feel like she's been a really pivotal part of my life. But I feel like I seek inspiration from lots of people all the time. And I feel like, I guess because I'm evolving and changing, different people inspire me at different stages of life. But I don't think I've ever had like a hero as such. I think a lot because probably my career is new, right? There hasn't been someone who like did it 10 years ago and you can go, that's that person and they can mentor me and, you know, that sort of stuff. So 
I feel like I've definitely had people I look up to, but also a lot has been kind of muddling, muddling along and figuring it out as you go. I love that. My heart feels really full listening to that list because I could just feel so much like gratitude for all these incredible people. I've kind of got two questions from it. I think the first one is is linked to what you just said. As you said, you know, a lot of this is carving a new path, a new type of career. What have been the the kind of whether it be beliefs or practices or you know just something very practical that you do that that kind of reassures you or helps you build trust in that? Because I imagine it can be a little bit scary as well when you're carving this new path and and you're not sure what that looks like. Mm, definitely. One thing that I was said to me when I had my leaving party from Sydney to move back from a friend who was a yoga teacher. So I was at my leaving party and I said to him, you know, I think I'm going to set up a blog and it's going to be about food and wellness, but I feel like everyone's already done it before, (laughs) having reflect on the Lee's book. And he was like, you know, there's no one like you and you will bring something that no one else will to this world. And he just said it with such heart. And I was like, whoa, like, and I just always take that in, especially when I get into that comparison or you know the sort of worry or you know unclearness of what I'm doing I always come back to what he said to me and I think that really helped me have self-belief and like not get stuck in comparison and something that I like come back to all the time and remind myself and tell other people as well because I feel like a lot of people have those same thoughts other kind of mind practices I think I'm always really conscious of who I spend my time with what I read and always reflect on my thoughts I think journaling not that I do it all the time but I really get stuck into it when I need it whether like something's really come up for me or like someone's really rubbed me up the wrong way and I'm like why did they and you know really get involved in my my dad's a psychiatrist so (laughs) I've always had that very like kind of yeah analytical upbringing of questioning asking and I think that's really helped me you know really understand myself and understand the way people work and and things like that so I think yeah those things have really helped I think that piece of advice is so magic and I think it'll be really helpful to a lot of people listening as well because I think the brain tricks you doesn't it when you're having those kind of thoughts of like it's all been done before you feel like you're the only one thinking that or that you're alone in that and I think that's such a beautiful way of of helping you see the truth of the situation that you know you bring your own unique voice and and magic to it um and yeah definitely that journaling like you said knowing that it's a tool that you can pick up it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you you do all the time but it helps you you go a little bit deeper um the other question that I wanted to ask you was around writing your books, because obviously I might have mentioned already, I'm a massive fan of your incredible books are a complete staple in our kitchen. How was that process for you? You know, did you kind of have this, was it something that you always knew you wanted to do? I know you mentioned starting the blog and, and this, but did you know that a book was always the kind of an eventual aim or was that something that came to you partway through the journey? God, yeah, I definitely didn't have the belief that I could write a book. I think... I'm very dyslexic and I definitely had a lot of teachers you know at school tell me that I shouldn't do a level English and you know I'm so dyslexic that like you know I wouldn't be able to do these sorts of things so I think I had a lot of kind of negative things around my writing 
So a book was definitely not something I thought I would do. So when I moved back to London, I sort of was kind of thinking about what I wanted to do and how to make money, of course, as well. So I started doing these little workshops around London called Get the Glow. And I think that kind of phrase came to me because when I started looking after myself and eating well, people would say, oh, you're glowing. And I was like, that's a beautiful way of describing health, you know, rather than the messaging that was all about being skinny and, you know, that kind of heroin chic look that, I mean, I'm not sure how old you are, but I feel like I grew up in the era of that. Oh my God. I grew up with like size zero and hip bones being like the thing. Exactly. It was so terrible. So I was like, that's such a nice way of describing. So I decided to set these workshops up and I would do them anywhere anyone would take me and I would spiralize courgettes and it was very revolutionary at the time. <laughs> and that's when I you know, met my manager and she kind of said to me, where do you see yourself going? You know, would you like to write a book? And I was like, me? No, that's what Jamie Oliver does. That's not what I'm going to do, you know. And she was like, but if you did, what would it be? And I said, you know, be, get the glow. And I remember that summer, I literally wrote the whole book, like, I, I think it was like in my channeling time where I was like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and we <laughs> we made this little video and it's so funny. I can remember it so well. I'm like in my mum's garden, like picking some mint and like, it was actually quite cute. It was probably quite modern for the time. And we sent it off to publishers. We had a lot of those, but someone said, yeah, I ended up doing all my three books with the same publisher, Orion. And it was unbelievable. Like I feel still like it's one of my greatest achievements. I still almost can't believe it. Like I'm still like, I can't believe I created some books. Like I, it's still not quite hit home. I try and like really like sink it in because I think everyone is probably not good at really kind of embracing their successes. But yeah, it was amazing. I, I still can't get over the sort of trust they gave me. You know, I was 23, 24 and the trust that they gave this person who's never, ever written a book before and was quite new to the game of kind of food and blogging but I had this complete control over like the recipes I took chose and and what I wanted to write in but I had an amazing team who brought it to light and I feel like it was like at the beginning of this explosion of kind of health and wellness so I feel very lucky yeah it was so cool and I got to like do a tour with Harvey Nichols and it was an amazing amazing experience and time of my life and I'll always remember it and yeah it's it's something I try and like yeah soak in I love that and I think you were so humble as well in the way you explain it because obviously of someone who is like you know uses the books and cooks from them it they're such a gift and and for you to say, oh, you know, I still kind of like can't believe it's sunk in. Actually, that's really helpful for people to hear as well, to know that actually, you know, not that it's kind of imposter syndrome, but if you are feeling that it might not, you know, you don't necessarily have the self-belief right now, it can still happen. And that is something that can be sort of written into your journey. I want to ask a cheeky question. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask this, but will there be more books? I think so. At the moment, I feel like I haven't felt inspired about like a particular thing. And I think in those three years, because I did three books in three years, I felt like they just, it was so like easy and effortless. And I think it worked really well. But I think my business has changed in the sense that like, 
it's much more kind of brand content work now and done from home and that works really well with having a child because it can be much more flexible whereas going on a book tour and doing lots of press interviews and stuff obviously it's only a period of time say a few months but it's kind of not as easy so maybe but I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment and I like the kind of freedom and flexibility but I think if I have a really strong idea that I feel brings to life then I will but I I don't know I I feel like at this moment in time not at the moment but who knows maybe I'll I'll have an epiphany soon. I feel that's such an embodiment of everything that you're talking about, about making success on your own terms and like really flowing with things and feeling into what feels good. So thank you for sharing that. And although I do have my fingers crossed, there'll be another book at some point. I've just got some quick fire questions to end with. I say quick fire, sometimes I get a bit excited and ask more questions, but I'll try not to do that. So what is the first thing you do every morning? First thing that I do in the morning is take a big breath. Oh, love that. What are you currently watching? I'm currently watching Homeland. I never watched it when it came out. And yeah, it's pretty good. I'm now just started season three and I'm really, yeah, really stuck in. It was, I can't remember, is it Claire Claire Danes that's in it? Yeah, I mean, she is such an amazing actress. Oh my God. She's epic. I think she's incredible. What are you currently reading? I feel like you might have answered this, but I'm going to ask again. The book I'm reading at the moment is Byron Katie, Loving What Is. It's pretty like heavy and like it's a lot of like exercises. So you kind of read something and then you've got to like, I don't know, work on something. So like I would say it's probably not necessarily the thing to do just before you go to bed because it will probably bring up, you know, past emotions and then you're like kind of working on them. But I've I sat down the other day, I was like, come on, do it. And it was really helpful. Kind of I I thought of this, I don't know why it came to mind, this really random experience with an old family friend where he kind of put me down, which, you know, could feel so irrelevant, but it really came up for me. And I did this her her kind of four questions on it. Sorry, it's not going well for the quick fire, is it? No, but this is what I like about them. I'm like, tell me everything. <laughs> so she asked these specific questions. Is it true? Are you sure it's true? And then it's all about like turning it on its head. And it's kind of a lot of the premises, like how you feel towards that person, you often are feeling towards yourself. And it's re- it was really, really helpful for me. And I think, you know, therapy is an amazing thing that you can do, but it can be expensive. Also, you might not find the right therapist. I've definitely been to a therapy session and been like, I just don't connect with you. And like, we're not gelling. And I think the good thing about this book is like, you are just working with yourself. Um, And yeah, it was really helpful for me. I've not thought about that incident since. And it was something that would like pop up in my mind or get me down. So I feel like yeah it's it's a really good book but like definitely something like almost maybe good for like the new year or like this period between you know around kind of Christmas January where you can kind of maybe spend a few hours just working working on yourself I love that and I think that's so powerful because as well like like you said like therapy can be expensive and actually you know the price of a book is pretty pretty low in terms of access point and that you can access these amazing tools and work through things in your own time and I love what you shared actually that you know it sounded like a small incident because I've sort of looked a more a lot more into kind of I guess the trauma space this year and accessing my own kind of trauma so to speak and one of the biggest things that surprised me was actually that you know I don't consider myself to have a pretty you know particularly traumatic 
past. But actually, it's the small things sometimes, the small things that were said that that come to you straight away. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was still impacting me. I didn't know I was still thinking about that. Mm, it is. And, you know, it's it's just something that someone's told you or thought about. And they're not necessarily the most important, but you've taken on that belief and whenever that comes up in many parts of life, as these things do, that like person pops up, you know, it's like, it's crazy, the power of words, right? And the power we give other people's words as well. So true. But I think it's also really, yeah, like you shared, you can definitely do work around it. It's something that you can move beyond. I've got to ask as well in regards to books, is it a physical book, a Kindle or an Audible? physical book I'm, I'm very much a physical book person like I get the appeal of a kindle but I just don't know what it is I like the feeling of a book I'm so with you on that I'm like we've just moved to Costa Rica and everyone's like I literally bought a suitcase full of books and everyone's like why don't you just get kindle I'm like I wish I could get behind the kindle trust me but I just can't get behind it it just doesn't feel the same no it doesn't um when are you most inspired I'm most inspired in the morning after a walk definitely walking in nature being outdoors definitely inspires me especially when I'm kind of figuring something out or you know wishing for some creativity that definitely sparks it that's that where is your favorite place in the world definitely in Sydney probably whale beach something that you can't do oh my god loads of things spell (laughs) um not the tidiest I can, but I, I'm. It's not something I do. As the fir- it's not the first thing I do. Yeah, let's just go with that. Spelling and tidy. I'm with, I'm with you on the spelling one, so I'm glad I'm not the only one. What piece of advice of advice do you wish you were given when you started your business? Invest in yourself. You know, make yourself the people that you want to surround yourself with. So whether that's kind of you know developing your photography or developing your I don't know written word or whatever your business is going into really kind of investing that time into your craft and making yourself better and better such beautiful advice I think also it comes from that place I'm really big into this concept at the moment of kind of like making decisions and investing in yourself and investing your time from where you want to be rather than where you are necessarily right now because it's just so impactful and I think definitely advice around finances I feel quite lucky to have had my mum and I think I've always had quite a good head about finances but I feel like women don't get enough education around it there's not enough spoken about it it's still quite taboo and I think it's really important to get your head around it because money is important and it is something that like if we're a bit more conscious with and we understand it a bit better we can have a more free enjoyable life but I do think it's something that has to be like considered especially in the world that we live in where it's so easy to spend like you can buy your furniture your clothes your food your everything really really quickly online I think like there's less of that like exchange and understanding and I think that that's been such a new phenomenon that we've almost not got our heads around that like has made money management more difficult because it's just so easy to shop and so tempting right so tempting you know we're constantly bombarded with the exact perfect thing that we want for whoever we are I think that really 
you know, whether that's speaking to a financial advisor, whether that's buying a book on money, you know, whatever that is, there's an amazing website called VestPod, V-E-S-T, and her kind of mission, she's a woman, is about empowering specifically women, but, you know, anyone's welcome, of course, about money. And I think that that's a really important thing, whether you're starting your own business or whether you're not, to really understand and, you know, really learn because the statistics about women and savings and pensions are just terrible you know they're really frightening and you know we really need to get on top of it and not let the men take it all <laughs> you know thank you for sharing that because I think that was a really interesting perspective because obviously it's hard to escape this bombardment so we're, we're we seem to be fairly aware that we're bombarded you know I always laugh that I've looked at something on a on a, a web page and then it's on every single other web page that I go on but I hadn't thought about that speed aspect and I think that's really interesting perspective on it that actually you know it's like you say it's so easy and quick to spend money but we don't necessarily have the tools or the knowledge or the mindset to really to come at that in a healthy way so I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna check her out as well after this after we finish recording thank you for sharing that resource as well what is your sole goal for the year ahead Ooh, do you know what I've not quite thought about it sole goal I think probably what's coming to me in this moment is just less time on my phone I think it's one of those things where I walk down the street and I you know see say a parent with their kids and they're on their phone and I think god they should not be on their phone and I think that is generally what I do and I cannot judge that poor woman who's probably just looking for direction you know it's obviously telling me something that that's not something I like about myself right that's the reflection I see that woman it's reflected in me I don't like the fact that I'm on my phone you know all the time so just yeah just having a better relationship turning off apps on the weekend like not having it next to you while you're watching tv like all these little kind of things I mean I haven't slept with my phone in the room for a quite a few years so that's been a good habit but just really trying to be more conscious with it because it's something that I feel like really negatively impacts my relationships I feel it when I speak to friends when they're looking at their phone and not me how unwanted I feel or same in romantic relationships or with family members and things like that so I think that I know how it feels when I feel like the phone comes before me so I don't want to do that to other people. So that's something that I'm really got to kind of figure out the plan because it's definitely a hard thing because it's important and I need it for many, many things. But also I need it not to be the clutch. Is it clutch or crutch? For those moments of boredom or for those moments of those in-between moments that we're all kind of doing, right? We're all just sort of scrolling through those moments. And, you know, they talk a lot about how important it is to be bored and those are the moments that we like find inspiration and we, um, you know, we kind of decompress. So, yeah, more, more, more boredom in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for a more boring 2021. <laughs> I think there was such like honesty in those reflections there. And 
I really value that in you because I think it's so easy to just like go into judgment and then just stay in judgment instead of actually going like actually what is this showing me like what is it that I want to shift in my own life and you know being honest about how difficult it is as well you know these things are habits like you say and they are such an integral part of our lives now that it can be difficult to to move away from that yeah absolutely and unlike we've all seen they're designed to be addictive so we're not there's nothing wrong with us we don't have bad um you know self-restraint or anything we're just yeah it's just the way it's designed to be 100% I can't thank you enough for this conversation it's been so nourishing I feel it's like the word that's coming to me for everyone who's listening where can they connect with you so I'm on Instagram which is madeline underscore short underscore and I've also got a podcast called get your glow back definitely recommend listening to the podcast as well it's one of my faves thank you so much and have a beautiful rest of your day thank you bye I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. To make sure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review. To say thank you, I will be sharing with you my ultimate guide to finding your own powerful soul yes. All you have to do is leave a review, screenshot it, and email a copy to hello at alexandriamaria.co.uk. Until next time. Thanks for sticking around for the bonus session. This is where I share some of the stories from the women who have inspired me the most. And these are the women that I've worked with on a one-to-one or group basis. At the end of some of the podcasts, you will find these beautiful bonus sections where these women share their unique and inspiring journeys. I hope you enjoy. So today I have Meg with me, who was one of my original Soul Circle ladies. And yeah, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, everyone. So my name's Meg. I work as a self-worth coach and I coach women to move through fear and sort of remove those limiting beliefs that are holding them back, get out of their own way and claim a life that they've always dreamed of. And as Alex said, my journey began with the Soul Circle. It was my first kind of foray into self-development. I remember emailing you, Alex, like backwards and forwards being like, oh, I don't know if I should sign up. Like, I'm so scared to make the investment, but things have just up leveled from there so much. And now I'm running my own business, which is amazing. So exciting. We were just talking about this before we hit record, like what a full circle moment it is, because it's almost a year since that program began and all the incredible women that came through it. And yeah, all your lives have changed so much in that kind of last year, but you've definitely You've achieved so much, so much has changed. But we'll get into that in a minute. What I want to hear first is about a soul yes moment in your life. It was definitely the moment that I decided to go all in on the coaching business. I remember we had a call and I'd set myself a goal of deciding if I wanted to stay in my therapy role, which is what I do now on the side as well, or to like have a business and become a coach. I'd like set myself the goal of, oh, I'll decide in a few months. And you just said, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a coach? And I was like, yes, I definitely do. And it was just that total like, yes, all yes. That's the only way I can describe it of my whole body was like, yes, you want to do this. Stop kind of playing around, stop pretending that you don't and just go for it. So yeah, that was definitely going for my business was that's all yes. I am so proud of you. And also like, I love hearing that because there's definitely been challenges in between. There always is with like, we were just, again, before we hit record, you know, saying about being a human and having human emotions and, and suffering with difficult times as well as good times. But it's it's been so powerful seeing that when you follow through on a soul, yes, how things do start to fall into place and how life does begin to flow for you. 
so what were some of the things that sort of prior to the soul circle or prior to making that decision were really holding you back in your life I think it was just generally not having time to slow down and think about what I actually wanted. I was very much just going day to day, not really assessing where I was at. I think once you finish like university and you don't have those kind of like set goals to work towards, you know, you just kind of do float through. So although the lockdown and the pandemic has been really challenging, it forced me to sit down and think, what do I actually want and actually reflect on where I was? And then I think once I realised that I wasn't happy with what I had and I wanted to make a change, then it was thinking about, well, where do I go from here? And having the, the confidence to actually allow myself to dream big, think big with those goals and those kind of things. So before I joined the Soul Circle, like I say, I knew that I wanted to become a coach, but I just didn't allow myself to dream that big and think that I could do that. So before I had coaching with you, it was just, yeah, not allow myself to slow down and not allow myself to think big. So once I gave myself that permission for it all to come through, that's when it started to fall into place. Literally makes me emotional hearing about it because I just like reflecting now on where you are now a year later and you giving yourself permission and owning your desires and what you truly wanted. It's just been incredible to see. So yeah, tell us where you're at now with the business, like what kind of women you're serving. Are you just told me some super exciting news that you've got coming up as well I don't know if you want to share that so I've been running some workshops so I did my first one for my own community back in January and that went really well and then I started you know sort of allowing myself to open up to like any opportunities that came about because I think when you do start a business you do doubt yourself quite a lot and you're like oh am I really capable of this and I think you just do make those small steps and sort of push your comfort zone out a little bit more so once I kind of opened myself up I got an opportunity to to work with the Prince's Trust and there's been a few meetings and back and forth and I wasn't sure whether it was going to happen but I had confirmation yesterday that I'm going to host a workshop for them for approximately 70 to 80 of their staff which is quite a big audience for a workshop so I'm really excited to host that but yeah I just really enjoy like showing up and serving you know all the women who were pretty much in my position you know this time last year you know I've kind of spoken with other women who have been thinking about starting a business or you know not necessarily going down that kind of set path that we think we should all follow and I think my passion is helping people to realize that they're keeping themselves stuck but due to a lot of the things that we've just been ingrained with due to society because I think as women what we think is kind of normal is actually just what society has told us is normal and it's actually about thinking what do I really want so yeah it's about not just accepting our thoughts and accepting what we we believe is our reality it's about you know making those bigger goals and having the confidence in ourselves to go after them even if we're not really sure what we're doing even if we're kind of learning as we go but still taking that action even if we feel scared such incredible work and such a mission that I can get behind I'm so here for it and it's so right what you say a lot of it comes from society and keeping ourselves small and keeping ourselves limited rather than seeing what incredible abundant opportunity there is out there in the world and all the incredible things that we can create from that space as well. So if someone's interested in hearing more about your work or getting to know you better, where can they find you? So I have a website, it's megsloan.co.uk, super simple. I also hang out mainly on Instagram at the moment. So you can find me meg underscore sloan underscore. I share a lot of free content on there and I've just put up a new free guide, how to feel fulfilled without a three hour morning routine. So that's just gone live and you can grab that on my website. 